Let's jump back into the sermon series that we started last week. If you were here last week or if you caught us online, we started a brand new series called Pray About It. Pray About It. And last week we took a look in the book of Acts when Peter was thrown in prison and the church prayed and God did some pretty spectacular things when all of that took place. Now, uh, this morning, I want to be a little bit more specific in how we're going to gear our prayers. And you're going to see me, Lord willing, you're going to see me try to do this in the next few weeks as we unpack this series. Because what I want to do is give you opportunities to pray in the service time. But I, I, are you like me? Sometimes you, you pray this like one big prayer. God, just do it all. Amen. Let's go eat. Right? Right? And I think it helps us to be a little bit more specific in our prayers. I think it also helps us sometimes to kind of see where we're at in the situation that we're in uh, when, we're, when we're going to the Lord in prayer. And today, it actually goes very well with what Stan and Joyce sang, and uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, I, I want to talk about needing to get a second touch. A second touch. What do you do when you ask God to pray, or, or when you ask God to do something? You prayed to Him, and yeah, He did some stuff, but you kind of need God to finish the job. You been there? Maybe you're there now. How many of you know sometimes when God answers prayer, uh, it, it's a process in which He answers that prayer? It doesn't always come out of the microwave, piping hot, ready to eat. Uh, our instantaneous culture, right? When <laughs> students, when I was your age, we had something called an encyclopedia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, now you guys got the internet. Oh, my word. And, I mean, we'd go to that. We'd go to the library and, uh, <laughs> well, I heard people would go to the library <laughs> I went to the library just to pick up my fiance so that we can like do dinner. Anyway, because she worked there. Uh, but uh, uh, now everything's just so fast. In fact, your your internet connection, if, if it's not one thing that you could actually connect halfway around the world, uh, you better be able to connect fast, right? I mean, if your if your internet's too slow. Oh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Right? Uh, I remember when going to McDonald's was like a treat. Once in a while. See? Now, now you can get your meal in your car and eat it in your car the way the Lord intended, right? Because we want everything just immediately. And then I have discovered in my spiritual journey that God doesn't always give us everything immediately. Sometimes I have to go to him again about what I prayed for before. It's not that I did anything wrong. I just sometimes have to go to him again. And I want to talk about those situations today. And I have found an interesting story from the book of Mark, 
chapter 8. So if you want to turn there, or if you don't have your Bible with you, you can follow me on the screen. And if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word as we read this together? Mark chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 22, and we're going to go to verse 26. Here's a quick story that really packs quite a punch. You ready? Here we go. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he'd spit on the man's eyes, I'll deal with that, and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? And he looked up and, and said, I see people. They look like walking, or they look like trees walking around. And once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. So Jesus, I pray that, you would, uh, that you'd meet us if we're in need of a second touch today. If we're in need of, doing some, of your doing something even more in a particular situation. So God, I already, I come against any discouragement or frustration or even anger that may exist in these situations. And God, I pray that today would be a day that we meet you and have you touch us for a second time. So Lord, have your way, I pray in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. What an interesting story, huh? It's a short one. It's kind of the way that Mark writes, by the way. He just kind of gets right to it. And I want to talk about, again, those moments that maybe we've prayed a prayer, and maybe even we have seen some progress. We've seen some results, but it's not yet what you want the answer to be. It's not yet what you've been... (laughs) praying for. You've seen some good things, but it's not quite there yet. Maybe I can give some examples here today, and I'll mention some of these in a little bit. You know what? Maybe there's an unsaved loved one that you're praying for, and and they've begun making some good decisions, but they've not given their lives to Christ just yet. You've seen progress, but you haven't seen the answer. Maybe you finally got that job that can pay your bills, except the bills are mile high. You've paid some of them, but you've got a ways to go. Maybe you need a second touch. Maybe in your physical battles, you've gotten better in some respects, but you've not been totally healed as of yet. And maybe today it's time to approach Jesus and say, Lord, I got to come to you again for a second touch here. You see, a lot of us will deal with these things. In fact, there are a lot of people that have dealt with these things in the wrong way. And it's kind of derailed their spiritual lives. And I don't want that to happen. I want you to know That sometimes, yes, God answers prayer instantly. 
Microwave, boom. Drive-through, Big Mac, boom, right there. Or whatever, or salad, right there. <laughs> you bet. But then sometimes, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a process. And, and trying to remain in that process is proving to be kind of challenging. So I want to take a look at a man who received some progress. But he had to come to God, to the Son of God, to Jesus, a second time. He needed a second touch from God. And I want to show you just how relatable this is, just by breaking this up in a few short sections here today. Okay, you ready? First of all, let's take a look at what I would call the working that was going on in this story. The working. Now, look at the first two verses that we read, okay? Verses 22 and 23. It says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man, and they begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Let's just, well, let's continue. <laughs> when he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? Now, the working here, first of all, I want you to notice something powerful here, okay? First of all, look at the working of other people. Take a look at the verse again if you still have your scriptures open. We don't see an example where the man asked Jesus for anything, do we? But it was the pleading of his friends. It was the pleading of other people that caused Jesus to begin working. I want you to hear me today. Do not underestimate the power of praying for people that you care for. See, because for some of us here today, the, the second approach to Jesus, the second touch we need it might be our coming to him and saying, God, you know my relative. You, you know my, my, my parent, my brother, my spouse, my, my child, my son, my daughter, my coworker. Yes, they're, they're making progress, but oh God, would you just touch them again? And don't doubt that Jesus hears your prayer and he can begin moving in that person's life. Now, I also want, you, want to tell you something, because some of us, we've been praying for other people, and we want God to save them, and we wish it were just that easy, but some of you got saved after a bit of a process. Some of you had some baggage you had to work through. Some of you might have been a hot mess. Maybe you still are, but you're saved now. And so some, there are some where God's got to do a whole lot in that person's life. But see, you may not even see what he is doing in that situation. All you need to do is just keep praying and then let God do his work. I mean, no, there's some stubborn people out there. 
How many of you know there's some people that have a tight grip on the wrong thing? And for that grip to be loosened, sometimes some things got to happen. Sometimes God has to orchestrate some events for it to take place. And sometimes that takes time. But friend, don't give up praying. God can work through your prayers for other people. But I also want to take a look at the working of Jesus. Jesus did something interesting here. Now, if you study the miracles of Jesus, and I love studying the miracles of Jesus because he rarely did things the same. He would heal, but he wouldn't always do it the same way. He would do miracles, but he wouldn't always do it the same way. Sometimes he would stand amidst the crowd and say, be healed, and boom, they're healed. Other times the person wouldn't even be near them, and he would speak something, and at that moment they'd get healed. There's other times he would place his hands on them. In this case, he took the man, and for some reason, he felt that he needed to do this alone, away from the crowd. May I tell you that God can do something pretty amazing as you meet with him alone and as you meet with him in this dynamic here. You need both. Well, I could just worship God by myself. You absolutely can. But that is not ever meant to be a substitute for this. We need each other. But then there's times where God might just meet with me and speak to me when I'm not around the crowd. Sometimes he's got to meet with me when I'm alone. When I turn the radio down or the, or the, uh, the talk radio or the music down, and I'm just in my car and I'm praying. Yes, with my eyes open, but I'm praying in the car. <laughs> and the way I drive, I need to pray in my car. And, and maybe it's there that God might say, I want to do this in your life. Or maybe it's in a situation like this. But for some reason at this moment, Jesus chose to meet with a man alone. And then, let's just say Jesus used some unconventional methods for this guy to get healed. This man is waiting to be healed by God, by Jesus. Maybe he's got his hands out like this, kind of the, my fish was this big pose, right? And he's ready, he's ready, he's ready. Oh boy, it's going to be great. And then, don't want to gross you out, but all of a sudden, the blind man hears, Well, thanks, Jesus. That, that's been a good day in the house of the Lord. I appreciate that. Jesus spits in the man's eyes. Now, you might ask, okay, biblically, why did he choose to spit in the man's eyes? You know what? If you search the original Greek, I got to tell you something. We have no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Part of me thinks that Jesus is kind of laughing when he did it. Maybe. It's like, Phew. <laughs> you see anything? I don't know. <laughs> that would have been me. 
But for some reason, and we don't know why, he chose to touch the guy this way. So he spits in the man's eyes, and then he puts his hands over him. I got a feeling that there are some people today that feel a little bit spit on by Jesus. Because the way he's answering your prayer is not the way that you thought he should. I didn't come here to get spit on, Jesus. I, I didn't approach you for me to have to wait for the answer, Jesus. Jesus, I was praying for my finances. Where's the big check? Where's Publisher's Clearinghouse popping out of the minivan with a balloon bouquet and the large check that I cannot cash at my door? Where is it? And, and Jesus is kind of like, well, I won't do the spit sound again because it grosses some of you out. But Jesus is like, now nah, I got something different. Maybe instead of the big check and the balloon bouquet and a million dollars the rest of your life, which you probably can't handle, maybe, maybe, maybe I, can, I could just bless you with a job that will take care of you. Maybe I can lower your bills. Well, that's great, God, but I wanted to win the mega gazillions lottery. By the way, if you, those of you who are new here, if you play the lottery, <laughs> you're going to be really frustrated because I pray that you don't win. That's what I do here. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Because it would probably be the worst thing to ever happen to you if you did, to be honest with you. Google it sometimes. It ruins lives. In fact, I had one lady, I told the story before, at a gas station, had one lady, aren't you going to get a lottery ticket? I said, no, my father gives me everything I need. Just kind of walked out. She's like, who's his dad? Let's get back to the message. Sometimes Jesus will work. And you got to understand this. If you're wanting Jesus to give you a breakthrough, if you want Jesus to meet your need, sometimes he's going to do it in a way that you don't expect, maybe in a way that you don't even agree with. But I've read in the word that all of his ways are perfect. That he does everything well. And even though his, even though his ways are higher than mine, and I can't figure it out, I've known Jesus long enough now to say, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know why I got spit all over me, but I trust you. I trust you. And that takes me to the second part of the story. Because now we go to what I call the wondering. There was the working. But now let's put ourselves in the blind man's position. Wondering. You've been led by your friends to this man who is supposed to be the healer. He leads you, just you and him, outside the village. You think you're going to get something special. You get spit on. I mean, take a look at the verse. Uh, it says this in verse 24. He looked up and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. I want to talk about your walking trees today. Do you have some walking trees in your life? Jesus starts doing his thing. And, 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 and some of the things that I described earlier. And, and Jesus says, I did something. And you're like, well, 
yeah, but I don't want to see everybody looking like a tree. I, I want to see clearly. Yeah, yeah, he's, the guy I'm praying for, he's, he's, he's shying away from drugs. He's not doing any more, but, but I want him to know you personally, Jesus. Yeah, you know what? You've, you've provided for us a little bit. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. Yeah, I probably got caught up in my utilities, but man, I still got these bills. And you wonder, you wonder if Jesus has maybe stopped working. Remember when I said that a lot of people handle this part of their relationship with God the wrong way? Oh, man. I've been doing this a while now. I've been your pastor here for 23 years. Nicole introduced me to the students yesterday. She said, how many of you are less than 23 years old? And so many of them raised their hand. And uh, I, <laughs> I felt like a dinosaur in there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I've seen some things. I've seen some things. I've seen some things. And, and people... Sometimes God will begin to answer their prayer, but he hasn't answered it fully. And then what happens? Our faith in him begins to falter. And there are some that will totally walk away from God because all they see is a walking tree. All they see is a partial answer. In fact, they may even see, somebody might even say, you know what? You know, Jesus, maybe I would have preferred that we not even dealt with this. Because if you're not going to do everything I want, <laughs> then I don't want any part of you. And I've seen this. I've seen people that served God. That they sat in these chairs. Can't tell you what section because we moved them around. And oh, the joy I had in watching some of you be so confused today. <laughs> just walk in here and just like. <laughs> anyway, that was totally free. But oh, the joy, the joy I had. But people will walk away from church. They'll distance themselves from their uh, church family because they're, what they see is a walking tree. And what they don't realize is that Jesus is on the move. It's just not looking like how they want it to look. And that is enough for some to walk away. And I need to tell you, blind man, do not run away. Don't walk away. Don't get angry at Jesus because you're seeing walking trees. You need to understand that if you do, then you are settling for less than what Jesus wants you to have. You're settling for less. And Jesus has more to give you. Jesus wants to do more in your situation. And, and we're so frustrated because it's not happening now and it doesn't look the way that we want it to. And then, and then we, we're wondering. And it derails our faith. 
Thankfully, this man didn't do that. Think of what he could have said. Really? Yuck. All right, Jesus, I'm out of here. Go spit on somebody else. But he, number three, he waited. He stuck around. Oh, young man, stick around. Young lady, stick around. Brother or sister in Christ, stick around. Jesus isn't done yet. You're tempted to walk away and the Lord's not finished. Look at verse 25. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. You know what this man was? He remained, get this, he remained in the right place at the right time. And where was that? As close to Jesus as he could possibly be. Oh, I got to say that again. If you're in that waiting time in your life, and that great prophet Thomas Petty once said the waiting is the hardest part. But uh, <laughs> some of you, that just flew over your head. But boy, that was, really, that was really funny. I knew Andy would get that. But for some, waiting for the full thing to take place, that's, that's the most difficult part. And rather than distance yourself from God, rather than get angry at God, rather than get discouraged, rather than say, is all of this worth it? Just hang in there. Just stay put. Be as close to Jesus as you can be because he's ready to give you a second touch. And did you notice there was no spit involved this time? Jesus decided to do things just a little bit differently. And I guess I just need to say this. Maybe your second touch is not even going to look like or feel like the first touch. Maybe the first half of your answer is not going to look like the second half of your answer. And maybe the way God started working in your life is not going to look like the way that God finishes in your life. But if you just hang tight and wait on the Lord and trust him, let him touch your situation again. Let him touch your life again. Let him answer you. And you know what? Give him your frustrations. He can handle you. Give him your fears. He can handle those. Give him what is on your heart. Give him what makes you angry about this situation. Trust me, he can handle it. If you don't believe me, read the Psalms. There are a lot of angry, hurting situations in the Psalms where God didn't strike anybody down. He listened to it, and he still moved. And you need to understand that God's not going to punish you for feeling the way that you feel. He just wants you to know, hang with me, stay close to me. I want to give you a second touch. And it was after that second touch that the man saw everything clearly. Could it be that if you would just allow yourself to come to the Lord again for the same thing you prayed before, is is it possible that, that this time things might be different? Is it possible that that 
you just might see the answer. Well, I tried that, Pastor. Do it again. Don't leave. Do it again. Stay as close to Jesus as you can. Go to him again. Go to him again and again and again. Go for that second touch. I'm going to close with this. At the end of the story, and we could have ended the story here, but there's something really important that I got to mention. There was a warning that Jesus gave. Now, I don't know what this warning is about, but it dealt specifically with the man whom he had just healed. Look at verse 26, the last verse in our passage. It says, Jesus sent him home, saying, don't even go into the village. At the beginning of the story, where was the blind man? He was in the village. Let's try it again. The village. They were village people. And, and he was... Uh, <laughs> The millennials have no idea. <laughs> and it's good, by the way. It's good. It's good. It's really good. So he came from the village. But Jesus pulled him out of the village. And when it was all said and done, Jesus said, don't go back there. You see, Jesus used this occasion to say something directly to the man. And, you, and in this case, I got to say this. I don't know whom this might be for. But when Jesus took the man out of the village and said, don't go back there, I think we should tell ourselves that Jesus is saying, never return to a place that I took you out of. I don't know who that's for. But the village might be looking kind of enticing to you. Whatever your village is, this could be a whole different sermon. Whatever your village is. But if Jesus has taken you out of it, don't go back there. Don't go back. If he delivered you from some kind of sin, don't go back there. If he delivered you from a certain lifestyle or a certain attitude or, or whatever the case might be, and, and he's changed you, don't. Don't go back there. Don't go back to that village. And when did Jesus say this? Jesus used this occasion to speak to the man and say, look, now that I've healed you, I've got something to say to you. And this is where a lot of us get it wrong, especially in a Pentecostal-type church where we believe that God heals and delivers and restores. And all we want are answers. And we don't understand that Jesus also might have something to say to us. We just want our blessing, and then we want to go eat. It's on my board, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> my golf buddy. But could it be, could it be today that what you really need, maybe even more than a second touch, you need the Holy Spirit to say something to you today? 
And he wants to use this occasion to do that. Yes, he wants to bless you. Yes, he wants to continue moving in your situation. But could it be that he also has something to say to you directly? He wants to speak to your Holy Spirit. He wants something from God's word to leap out at you and to, and to speak to you today. Could it be that Jesus could use this moment to not only give you your answer, but to also give you some direction? He very well could do that today. So it could be that our response to a message like this is not only, Lord, give me a second touch, but maybe we also need to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? What do you want to tell me? What do you want to say to me? And that could be just as significant as that second touch. Jonathan, Jonathan, if you could help me. In this room, there are so many different experiences and so many different situations that are represented in here and to those that are watching us online. And some of us are dealing with different things. And quite honestly, some of us might need to approach Jesus about a prayer that we prayed to him before. And he started working, but we're not seeing the finish line yet. And the temptation is to give up. The temptation is to get angry. The temptation is to get frustrated and discouraged and maybe to distance ourselves a little bit from God and God's people. But could it be that today could be that moment where you come to him and you don't have it all figured out? You don't know why he spit on you. You don't know why he did what he did to begin with. You don't know why things have happened. Walking trees. I'm tired of these walking trees. I want something more clear. I want the full result. Then don't distance yourself from Jesus. Get in his presence. Get as close to him as possible and come to him and let him give you that second touch. And possibly today, you may just need to come and be in his presence and say, Jesus, what do you need to say to me? And then be quiet and listen. Let him speak to your heart. Let him speak to your spirit. Maybe you need to open up his word and say, okay, God, yeah, that's... That's for me. What is it? If you need a second touch, the Lord's here today. Could you stand with me, each of us here today? I want to give you an opportunity now to approach the Son of God and come to Him for many of us with something that we've already prayed for and say, Lord, I don't need to figure it out. I just need to trust you. Touch me again. Touch the situation again. Do it some more. Bring me to the finish line, whatever that might be. And that's going to look different for so many different people here. But can you approach the Lord and say, God, this is, this is what I need again. He will gladly 
take you, meet with you, and touch you. And I'm going to say a prayer. And if that is you, I want to give you an opportunity to get alone with him and talk to him. Maybe you want to come to this front area. What I love about this design, there's more room in the front for people to pray. So maybe you want to walk from where you're at and just kneel at a front seat or or in an altar and just pray. Maybe you're more comfortable praying at your seat. Go ahead. But can we get alone and make this a place of prayer where we can say, okay, Lord, I'm coming to you again. I need this again. And maybe you just need to sit in his presence and say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And then listen. Listen. And when you're finished talking to the Lord and he with you, that's when you can consider yourself released to go on with the rest of your day. But, but right now, the most important person we could talk to would be the Lord. And if you have to go, I understand that. If we're going to fellowship, let's do it in the lobby instead of in here so we don't disturb anybody who might need to pray. But I got a feeling that we've got some people who are dealing with some walking trees that need to go to the Lord again and say, God, I need another touch. Bring it to the Lord today. Jesus, you are so powerful. You are so amazing. I'm asking you now, Lord God, that you would touch every individual within the sound of my voice, whether they be in this room or watching online. God, I pray, I pray that you would help us deal with the walking trees in our lives. God, some of us, maybe we've reacted the wrong way because it's taken so long. God, maybe we've responded in a way that's not right, but God, you're here to give us a new start. So we come to you again, Lord Jesus. We'll bring our confusion to you. We'll bring our discouragement to you. We'll even bring our anger to you. And Lord, I pray that you would take that, touch us again. And Lord, if you've got something to say to me, Lord, I want to hear it. Speak to my heart. Speak to my Holy Spirit. Speak through your word. God, I'll walk out of here rejoicing with what you do. So Lord, meet with your people now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, feel free to find a place to get along with God right now. And if God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. Let's seek God together.